Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Audio Nautic. I'm Curtis. And I'm Sam Warper. How's the move going? It's alright, it's a bit of a sad day today. I have Uh-oh. put my guitar up for sale. Oh, that makes my heart hurt. I know, me too mate, me too. I Honestly, I don't think it will sell. I think it will probably end up going to my father-in-law's and sitting in there for six to eight months before I come back and visit the family. Maybe, maybe that is just wishful thinking. Wait, you're not going to ship it to Czech? Not straight away. I just can't afford it. I just at this stage I just can't afford it. Is the price different? It's well, I'm sending a load of stuff anyway, um, and I'm sending stuff ahead, and I've maxed out. I've got forty kilos of stuff: the synth, all my gear, pedals, interfaces, all that stuff. That's already packed and ready to go. I just I can't afford to send the guitar as well. Um, I think it's an extra kind of hundred bucks, which without going into it at the moment it really makes a difference um yeah a hundred bucks always makes a difference man yeah so um yeah so basically i i've put it out for sale i could do with i could do with a bit of the money it's a shame but i remember at the same time it's not like a it's not like a vintage kind of fender it's a fender strat and it's a beautiful piece it's my first strat and i will love it forever it's a mexican i can pick up another one you know i'm using it as an exercise in getting rid of my materialistic way should we say yeah i've got guitars back home when i moved to check i've got them there so that's kind of that's been my it's good to remember that these things are just pieces of wood i mean they have sentimental value and i like i was telling you a while ago like it'd be hard if i lost a guitar or if i had to sell one but i mean in the end though you're right it's it's a a piece of it's a material like yeah. you know uh you can always replace it yeah maybe you can't replace the sentimental thing of but you'll always have the memory of what you you have literal recordings of that guitar that you can always go back to i also have it painted on a nice oil piece which i got done for ebbs flows and solos so i mean there is that as well yeah you um, can always grab that painting and just pretend to play it exactly I mean, yeah i, I mean, think it could work i'd probably just end play up ebbs flows and solos just make sure it's mastered this time and then just play along. <laughs> you still got growth about that, haven't you? That's still yeah, I just had to sneak that one in, man. <laughs> I like the way to think about it. You're, like, you're sitting up at night and just remembering. I'll just send you a message tonight and just remind you that it's unmastered. Dude, that's why I don't sleep at night. I wake up and I'm just haunted by the thought that it's not mastered. <laughs> it's okay. As soon as I get to check my friend, I will be mastering it and I'll put it out for the anniversary. And even do some physicals for it as well. Oh, there we go. There we go. So that's been my week. What have you been doing? Somewhat similar. Uh, getting ready for my move. A lot of stuff has happened that's making this month kind of difficult. Um, so I'm just trying to... I had a couple of days where it was a bit overwhelming and I had to kind of sit and figure out, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to go about it. You know, just make like a schedule, plan of like a course and follow through with it. And the stuff that goes awry, well, it'll go awry. That's a good way of thinking about it. I mean, I, I usually, we're me and you, we're talking day in and day out. Yeah. I mean, something about something, whether it be this or our own work or even just chatting. Yeah. And I think it's been a few days. It's been a minute. I think it's the first time I've actually sat down with you this week, which is a, it's a testament to how busy we've been, I suppose. Um, you too. Yeah. We've both been so busy. It's uh, it, Sometimes you got to take a step back from stuff, you know? Who knew setting up a media network based around electronic music would take up a lot of our time, effort, and energy? I don't know. It doesn't sound difficult to me. No, nah, man. Do it in your sleep. You that is a bit of sarcasm in case that doesn't <laughs> come through. <laughs> I got you. I got you. It's cool. I mean, in all seriousness, we set this up and we're going through with it and we're pushing through and it's going really well. 
and then we realize that we have real lives and things are happening you know and it's just nice to see that i mean we're not doing this alone you know we're doing this we're halving the work and we're kind of we've got each other's backs while we do it and it just makes things ever a lot easier you know what i mean yeah i mean it, it kind of comes back to when we collaborate on stuff together like you know we have that extra set of ears to run things through each other and go oh yeah that is sick yeah that works and then you know you your song is stronger because of it yeah and i mean if and there's no way that this could be doing if it weren't for the fact that we're both like put, put chin in yeah and i think as as well from a sense of that positivity as well as in having your back and uh, wanting the best the best result that you can do and stepping i like you say having someone there who wants the best for you as well as the best with you as well it really helps uh, yeah to kind of get that done yeah you know i mean definitely on that very natural segue, we sat down with Adam from Bad Back Records this week, didn't we? That we did. I had a pause because, I mean, it wasn't this week, but it's also this week. Oh, well, the paradox is oh. what the paradox is, my friend. True. But yeah, so we didn't sit down with an artist this week. We sat down with Adam from Bad Back Records, who, as the namesake goes, is the head honcho of bad bat records talking with adam and bad bat records the label is a culmination of rotation two we started with steven who first talked about radio and the issues he has with radio for artists but he also talked about why he just recently signed with the label music is a devil then we talked with fran forest robots who just recently signed with a label to put out the physical for after geography and he spoke about why he did it and how it changed the course of After Geography. And so now we're talking with a label to figure out from a label's perspective, why sign with a record label in 2020. On that notion, what is Bad Bat Records? Bad Bat Records is an eclectic label supporting independent artists, dabbling in electronic and ambient music. Excellent, beautiful. Um, that's a nice concise bio as any. If we're in a consistent analysis of other people's bios and definitely not looking at our own, um <laughs> you thinking of condensing yours to a couple sentences there maybe maybe i mean i, I keep i keep changing mine on a near weekly basis just as are I, you serious yeah I, do, I can't settle on it like some days i go for the corporate sometimes i just go for the whatever sometimes i'm just like bang information i can't really settle do you alter it like on your socials and everywhere every week or are you just doing it like on a note it's, u it's usually the Instagram one which changes. The one on my Spotify is fairly consistent because that's like a long form like kind of thing. Oh, so you're talking like your summarized bio. Yeah, see, I just I just keep mine the same almost for the summaries. You just keep it a little imaginative, boom. But I, I do change my bio about every time I do like a big release, like an album or something, but it doesn't change much. On that note, shall we cut to Adam's feed? Let's do it. Hi guys, you okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah, good, thanks. Very, thanks very much for inviting me uh, across. I appreciate it. No, yeah, thanks all. for coming. Thanks for coming down. Yeah, no problem at all. Michael, do you want to kick us off today? Yeah, so what was the basis for starting Bad Bat Records? So basically, the, the, the kind of premise of putting Bad Bat Records together was that when I was I started university in 2008, um, I was only 18 years old, and I was, uh, I was writing music and... Um, I was seeing, I don't know if you guys know, uh, there's a guy called Matt, Matt Stevens who plays on guitar. He does a lot of, uh, does a lot of looping um, on guitar. And um, 
he was putting his music out there and I was thinking about different ways I could get people involved in my music. And I started to release music and I released the first uh, set of songs and it, it was really, really successful. Loads of people were interested and it was great. And then uh, kind of from there, well, I was releasing other stuff and very naively, especially at that stage, because things weren't anywhere near as developed as they are now. You're talking, you know, 12 years ago, a lot, a lot has changed since then. And um, during during that period, I was just put, sort of putting music out there and, and naively expecting that people come listen to it um and in reality they they didn't um so as that kind of as that kind of like you know went went on i was thinking what can i do how can i get people engaged in this music because i feel like the music i was making had some merit um i feel like that there definitely was an audience out there for it um but it just wasn't getting the recognition that i felt it it sort of deserved and i had a um quite a close knit of friends on sort of that i'd met through twitter and we'd met through uh other online platforms similar to to the things we do on discord things that we do on uh, other media platforms as well and some of their music as well was really really good way better than mine and uh, they weren't getting the recognition either so i was thinking what what can i do and as my as my sort of my day job and my career has developed that that's given me less opportunity to to sort of write my own music um then having children as well and uh, and one of my children is disabled so it takes up a, a lot of my time um looking after her and and just more and more i was finding myself absolutely knackered but not being able to sort of do any music but i wanted to be involved in it so i began to have a conversation with my wife and sort of was looking around saying well you know i, I want to do something that can get me involved in music and i'd i've played in bands previously but again the dedication or the time that that takes up, you know, I want to be dedicated to it, but just finding myself not being able to. Um, so as a consequence of that, I began to look and see what I could do. And that's kind of where really the idea of the label came from. And uh, and again, naively, because it was four years ago that, that the label sort of started. And it's probably about five years ago that the planning of that, that kind of started as well. It was a, a, definitely about a year's worth of planning involved in getting the label going. And uh, I was I was looking around thinking, oh, there probably there can't be that many people that are doing this. And then I started to look and went, oh my God, actually, there's loads of people that are doing it. So, uh, so, so kind of really that's where, that's kind of where the story came from. And I was just thinking about different styles of music that, um, different styles of music that were similar to mine that I knew people would be, would eventually like, but finding a way that, that I could get people interested in them. And really, I suppose the only way was to kind of create this really like a brand or a persona around the music you know, this is this is our label and this is what we do. If you if you like this type of music, come to us and you'll be able to experience lots of it and, and you know, and think about different ways that we can promote it. Um, I mean, there's so much music out there nowadays. I think there's something like 35 million hours worth of music or something ridiculous, um, you know, but, but there's so much worthwhile music out there for people to listen to. And I just wanted to help give other artists that opportunity uh, to have their music heard. And that's kind of really where the where the label came from or the idea of the label came from because like you say that there's many number of people making record labels um uh, but i mean that's been a constant throughout time that's nothing special to where we are now true what sets bad bat records apart from the others should we say so the idea of the label is to make sure that we're fair to the artists as fair to the artists as possible now i know that lots of other independent labels will say the same thing um maybe obviously the major ones wouldn't they're more interested obviously in, in the money side of it but i suppose the aspect is that the person running the label is an artist themselves and uh i won't i won't say which artist but i actually do release my own music on that label as well um so there's a there's a little sneak suit pseudonym on there um oh, you know yeah. so so if i'm releasing my own music on my own label i i want other people to get the same sort of experience that 
that I want, you know, I want people interested in, in the music. Um, and uh, so, so obviously being an artist myself and, and having a degree in music as well, I understand how independent musicians feel, you know, they, they want the backing of someone to help them get their music heard, but they don't necessarily want to give all their rights to their music away. And I completely understand and, and kind of respect that. And that's kind of really where the label comes in. Uh, you know, we can collaborate with the artists and we have a vision for the release. Um, the idea is that, you know, we help them with all, all aspects of the release. So the the artwork, the distribution, creating the physical music, um, you know, that's something that we started. It's something that we always intended to do, but it's something that wasn't able, I wasn't able to sort of finance until uh, until the last few years. But beginning to release uh, cassette tapes and, and, you know, it's a, such a, a unique way of listening to music. It's got a completely different feel to anything else. It's cheap to produce, so it's it's you know it's good in that respect. It means that when people buy, it's cheap as well. But the whole idea is that you know we get on board with what the artist is trying to create, um, and we obviously you know give them some ideas about what they can do to to sort of enhance their music or enhance the release. Um, and it's very much about you know the release is a big thing. Releases for me shouldn't just be a well, I'm just you know I'm just pop a couple of tunes out and that's done. You know it needs to be built up into a particular way that this is the release and these are all the things that you're going to experience as part of that um so 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 that's kind of that's hopefully what people get from our label as opposed to maybe some other labels in preparation for this meeting i had a look at the page i mean you, you, like you say you do everything that you you have there you create all the artwork and you promote the artists through coming through in that sense um i mean i i think the artwork is stunning to be honest i was looking at wolfgang Merch oh, yesterday okay. for, for cosmic sonics and um i don't know if you've got a kaleidoscope thing going on or if it's if it's a, if it's photoshop or anything but i mean it's beautiful it's, it's it fits it fits wolfgang's work really really well and it it is really nice in its own right yeah there's i mean i'll be honest a lot of so essentially a lot of the artwork that we use is free artwork um so so basically i try i, I don't necessarily have the means all the time to sort of do make make the artist or the artwork ourselves um but what we do is definitely design it now we'll, we'll give credit where credit credit's due to uh to any footage that we use or any um any photos or anything like that but we generally i, I scout the internet and i look for photos that or images that will work with the music and they're all free um they're they're all creative commons um so and and i use a platform I don't know. I'm dubious to say about what platform i use to create our artwork because uh, it feels like it's a little bit of a hidden secret um but lots of people might want to keep use it, but um, <laughs> yeah, keep the secrets. But but yeah, but that but that is the idea that, that essentially you know, the first thing that someone's going to look at, generally speaking, before they hear your music, is the artwork. Now we we are really strict on this, and um, I, I I don't really shift too much on this. And I will say to artists if their artwork is bad, and I do get sometimes when people send stuff through to us, you know, sometimes the artwork just does not complement the music at all. Um, so, you know, make a very, very, it's one of the one, there's not very many points that we're quite strict on. Um, you know, we allow, we allow our artists to collaborate with other labels if they want to, they can collaborate with other artists if they want to. Literally the only thing we ask them to do is just let us know. And then it's not, it's not a major issue at all, but artwork in particular is something that we're really, really strong on. If your artwork is rubbish, I will tell you, and you'll have to change it. And if you don't want to change it, then I'll, I'll make something for you because it is the first thing that people are going to see. And, and yeah, I think, like you say, you can get that from the page. When you look at the artwork on the page, you can get the idea that actually it's quite distinct. And and that kind of as well comes from really, if you, I can never pronounce his name correctly, but think of uh, Storm, is it Storm Fulson, who's the uh, the Pink Floyd uh, 
art worker or collaborator mm-hmm. and he's done loads of other people as well um uh audio slave and, and loads of loads of others muse and biffy clara and all that kind of thing but that artwork is absolutely stunning um and and some of those images like you know stay with me in, in particular like um animals by pink floyd i'm a massive pink floyd fan but that artwork just is just in my opinion just amazing such a genius idea um and and it that image just sticks with me so that, that's kind of what we're trying to create a little bit yeah i like that you have that approach because the artwork like you're saying it's the first thing the first impression that someone who's checking you out on Bandcamp or on spotify is going to see before the music before anything so you really want to get it you know right that's a really good uh outlook to have for the record label to just be very striking in all the artwork. We're talking a little bit about you signing artists and things like that. So I want to get to that point. How do you sign artists? And if you take submissions, what's the best way for an artist to approach you? Well, when we first started, um, initially I wanted the label to be uh, to be eclectic. I mean, my I'm like most well most people's music taste. I think are quite eclectic now, especially considering that there's so much there's so much easy access to different styles of music. But it turned out that from um, working with the label and doing those kind of releases, that that was definitely the wrong approach. It was really obvious that trying to release electronic music on a label that wanted to release uh, rock music or heavy rock music, it just wasn't going to work. Um, so I kind of, I basically then narrowed it down to, well, what's the music that I create? Electronic music. Let's kind of go with that. Um, now there's a there's kind of a couple of different ways we're on we're on a couple of different websites where we basically promote ourselves in we are a music label and we're interested in artists getting in contact with us um so so we get a lot of emails and we respond to those uh, uh, as best we can um quite often we will get quite often we do get stuff that isn't necessarily appropriate or doesn't fit in with the style um but every now and then we do um more recently we've had a lot of artists who artists who know the label who have got friends who are other artists who basically are looking for a label to release so they will recommend people to us and obviously we'll check them out um we do get um soundcloud is quite a good one we get quite a lot of uh, um sort of people send us stuff through soundcloud and sending links um when people email they'll send links as well which is which is great and um, press release kits um we look essentially what we're looking for really is for sort of professionally produced um electronic music that essentially we like the sound of Sometimes I, I will act as kind of like an A and I will go and obviously I listen to lo- loads of music and um, sometimes it's stuff that I really really like. So um, so Godton, who we've just signed recently and has just had his first single release on on the label, I actually went and found his music and, and happened to come across it and I thought it was incredible and I couldn't believe that not that many people was kind of had, had sort of heard of him and were listening to him. So I, well, I had a quick chat and sent him a message and sort of said, you know if you're ever interested in label working with a label, you know, I think that your sound would fit the label really, really well. Here it is and check it out. Um, I always, whenever an artist is interested in uh, working with us as well, I always send them out a bespoke, it's essentially it's a bit like a bespoke plan. Um, so I'll send them loads of information about the label and talk to them about the different stages that we take and what we do and kind of what we're about. And then it's kind of in their court, um, really. Um, so, so that's generally kind of the, the, the main ways that we go around it. Once you've signed an artist and you're working with that artist, you mentioned that you do physicals. Do you do much on the promotion side of things? We try to do as much on the promotion side of things as possible. Um, I mean, I will admit that is one area that it, t- it takes up so much time, so much time doing the promotion side of it. Um, and it's something that we are, it's something that we need to develop a little bit more, definitely. Um, there's always things that you can do to improve 
we do send some stuff out to uh, different um, radios and uh, like independent radio shows and, and reviewers and that kind of thing. Um, the, the issue that I really have with that essentially is it's just time. Um, but with that, what we normally do is, is essentially we'll collate a couple of different, so for a release, we'll collate a couple of different videos. Um, we'll obviously do the artwork and that kind of thing and we'll send posts out. As part of that, we do always say to the artist that yes, the label will support you with promotion, but it's also worthwhile that you are trying your best to promote your own music as well. Um, you know, and there's different ways that we, we tell people to do that. We obviously do pre-orders as well. We have quite a few followers on Bandcamp now, so we'll send out Bandcamp messages, uh, you know, whenever we have a release and people get notified. We've got a list of emails. One one thing that we're looking or I'm looking to do soon is start sending out a uh, a weekly weekly or monthly depending on time newsletter um which you know i think would be worthwhile and, and talking about the releases that we've got what is your goal when you do facebook and instagram ads like is it clicks uh, so is it plays uh, really really it's getting people onto the, the onto the website actually getting people onto uh, onto the release so um normally when we do them it always have a it's always a buy now a buy now or a shop here uh, button uh, the idea is to get people to actually come to look at the music and, and you know, and basically engage with it. Um, the useful things about it are that you can obviously target. So targeting is quite good. Um, you can look for people that already have the interests um, in the genre of music. So hopefully that will encourage them to go there. And, you know, and, and, and at least from a data point of view, it will give you data on, you know, where are people, where were people clicking on it? You know, what countries were interested in it? What what demographic of people were interested in it as well um so that's always useful um especially when you're then thinking about future releases um you know who am i then targeting you know this music at who's likely to to try and buy it because let's face it it's probably easy to get people or easier to get people to listen to it it's way more complicated to get people to try and buy the music um you know and really that's kind of what we're after we we do want people to try and buy the music Completely. I mean, in a day where people are spending £10 a month on Spotify, £15 a month on family Spotify, um, no one wants to buy a, a music anymore. I mean, the money, if you go into Bandcamp or something and you go and buy a track, it helps the artist tenfold. But no one wants to do that anymore. Everyone wants to get pay their £10 and then get the unlimited streaming for whatever it is. Um, it's a very precarious situation to be in. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I struggle to get my head around it. Like, um, you know, I'm a dinosaur in that respect. Like, I've got stacks of CDs. I've got some vinyls as well. Um, you know, if I can, uh, because I'm obviously, I'm a family man. I'm the only person who works in, uh, at the minute, unfortunately, because of uh, our current current situation. So I don't have loads of money. But when I do, I, I just, I love going to buy CDs. And, you know, that thing you've got, physically, you've got it there. And, you know, you can always keep it. Um, you know, if I if I've downloaded... 200,000 tracks to my computer and you know they all go like they're gone forever well, I'm never going to get them back whereas at least the physical side of it I like selecting CDs I like I suppose maybe what it boils down to is I like the album mm. I like listening to albums whereas let's face it lots of people don't necessarily or not in the same way anymore they like to listen to tracks um, you know and I think even even for electronic artists it's interesting because it's evident that you know lots of people at the minute I, I've said to someone recently like when, when are you releasing your next album Oh, well, I'm not. Well, well, what are you doing then? Oh, well, I'm just releasing singles for now. And like and that idea of, you know, sometimes, yeah, a, a single's great. Some some tracks are really good and you want to play that one track again and again and again. But it's not the same as an album. It's just it's just not. I mean, it's the, it's the result of 
You want to put out as much as you can, as often as you can to get it out there. So you put a single out, then another single, and then another single. And it's just, there's no narrative. There's nothing, you know, you're not, just loses that special feeling to it, you know? That's it. And and for, for the artist and, and for the label, like release day should be the special feeling. You know, release day should be yeah. the, you know, our album's out now. Like we've got it, I physically got it in front of me like a couple of days before it's about to be released. You know, other people are going to get this. You know, it's really exciting. I've got some really cool videos that kind of represent what the music is about and that kind of thing. So, yeah. So for me, it's like you know, maybe maybe we are one of a kind in that respect. I don't know, but um, but yeah, for for me, it is it is about that sort of physical release and that album and or EP. Um, but but yeah, I'm not. We're not. I'm not a big fan of the uh, the single releases, at least not at the minute. I, I maybe it's me being naive and maybe it's me being optimistic, but I like to think at least that we'll come back to this time when people will go and they'll put a full album on, sit and listen to it for half an hour and just be one with it as opposed to having it on in the background, that kind of thing and sticking it through. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, there's, there's just no experience like it. You know, had a hard day, come in, choose a CD, sit down, turn the lights off, pour yourself a drink and just, just chill out to it, you know, engage with it. There's there's no better feeling than that. Bad Bad as a label seems to be still very much about albums. And you just released a compilation album, Ascension, right? Yeah, that's right. I was reading the description and I noticed that it said you gave a theme to each artist to use as like a springboard. Um, what inspired you to try that sort of narratively linked album approach with different artists? It's, I mean, it's something that we often try and do on the label. Um, I mean, look at some of the best concept albums that have been released and, and how kind of successful they are, um, you know, but but it's it's the reason why they're often successful is because they normally have some sort of correlation or some sort of link to how people feel. Um, so like, as an example, and uh, again, I'm going to use I'm going to use my Pink Floyd analogy again. But if, we, if I say the words the wall, what does the wall say to you? You know, that album is 41 years old this year. And yet loads of people will know what the cover looks like. They know what some of the artwork looks like. You know, they know what the concepts of that album are. Um, and 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 just just that link between a theme, some words, um, and and essentially what that what that um connotates, you know, has a has a link to people. So um yeah, so you're right. So we, we did we gave them the, the title of Ascension. Um, and, and I sort of said, it's, it's basically about whatever ascension means to you. So what, what does that word ascension mean to you? What, what, what hits your imagination when you think about that word? I shared the artwork with everyone as well to kind of give them the, uh, the ideas about, um, you know, what visually, what it might represent. And, um, I feel like albums work a lot better when they have a concept to them because it just makes tying in all the promotion elements that bit easier as well uh for the audiences uh, for the audience as well as kind of the artist and, and, and for people to kind of get on board with what the release is about um it's very very easy to then begin to link these themes with artwork link them with videos um you, you know and, and, and different songs within within the piece it's something I've, I've always done when i've been writing my own music as well and i think for me as well one one concept that I find very easy, but I don't know whether other people do, is that even though I'm writing instrumental music, that doesn't mean it can't have a theme. Um, you know, and if you look at the beginning of music, really, or, or Western classical music, they had themes in them. So it seems it seems the right thing to sort of to, to be pushing, especially as well if we're pushing albums, 
uh, it's maybe a lot easier for an album to have a theme than it is perhaps for a single um, uh, or correlation of different themes within an album. So, yeah, so that's kind of really where we kind of go with that. Um, but I think a lot of that, you know, again, comes back to that artwork and that artwork being really good and that artwork having, you know, giving some inspiration as to what the music represents. With the modern with the modern industry or the modern music industry as it is today, where it is so accessible for artists to promote their own music and to release their own music on things like DistroKid and a CD Baby and stuff like that, where does that leave the role of the record label? Because the record label doesn't have the best of images at the moment. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. Um, I mean, I think artists can make distribution work for them very easily. Um, but I think there's still this true element that the that an artist with a label backing them has more weight behind it than just kind of going alone. Um, uh, I'm definitely definitely a firm believer in that. Um, and whilst it is easy to distribute music, I think it's fair to say that some artists don't quite know how the best way of going about it will will kind of you know get them the best result. Um, and I, I talk from my own experience of that. You know, uh, when I was first starting out, I, I was seeing people who were on Spotify and and oh, it was iTunes at the time as opposed to Apple Music. And I was thinking, how the hell do you get your music on there? Like, you know, but I think the other thing that people don't realize is that there's a cost involved. Um, and obviously it depends on what you're releasing and how often you're releasing it, that there is a cost involved there. Um, I think it's fair to say that labels quite often are able to provide extra features as well to help support the artist. So, you know, as a label, we get a lot more stats um, than what uh, just a regular artist would who's putting their music out. You know, we've got the ability to um, release as much music uh, that we want when we want. Um, so, you know, for, an, for any artist that's on our label, we can put out as much music as they want. And some some artists, we've had uh, some artists previously who, you know, they want to release like 10 different things within a year, which keeps us on our toes. I think as well that there's better use of for us to be able to sort of share revenue. Now, for, for our label in particular, we don't take very much money from from sort of streaming at all i mean streaming you know it doesn't generate very much money anyway um but we try to keep it as fair fair as possible but there are extra features as well like some some people uh, as far as i believe i might be corrected on this but uh as an example on spotify you can use canvas so you can have images um that are playing for different tracks now that's not available just to a normal artist as as far as i'm aware that's only more more available to uh to, to labels now again it's something that we've not is something that we've not yet uh, sort of experimented with very much. But again, it's something on our radar that we we want to push. Um, I think what labels need to uh, now do, though, as part of this process, is is basically they're more of a we're more of a product management role. Yeah, you know, we we take on more of a management role. I suppose we're there to build the release. We're we're getting fans interested in the pre-orders. You know, we're using links to pre-save. We're working on a theme for the releases, and we're helping them to brand the social media side of it. Um, doing that on your own is difficult. So it's helpful to have someone else on board to uh, to support that, and I think that's that's mainly where I see the label coming in. Um, and I think that, or well, hopefully, especially with ours, and you know, we've worked, we're trying to work hard at this and continue to work hard with it. But we're hopefully getting the label's got some respect, you know, and, and uh, having an artist tagged to that hopefully provides them, you know, with more opportunities than than just sort of slogging it on their own. Um, I mean, it's, it's difficult when you're out there and you don't you don't know which way to go or you don't know how to get people involved in it. If you've got someone that's got experience of doing that, you know, it's, it's, it's helpful. Um, I suppose the key thing is that they're not taking you for a ride, you know, yeah. when they're, when they're trying to help you. And it's, it is that delicate balance, you know, and this is why we 
this is why when we we sign people, we we give them so much opportunity to you know to really know what the label's about and how they're how they're going to be supported. And it's then down to them about their decision about whether they want to take that or or not. Yeah, I mean, Curtis and I have this discussion all the time about why labels and uh, all the things you're saying also makes me think something that I've never thought about with the label is that it's another set of ears or multiple ears, right? Like to, when you submit your music to them, you're saying, hey, I've done this. What do you think? It's You're not the only person just finishing it and putting it out. You have another set of ears critiquing it and saying, yeah, this is great. Or, you know, oh, maybe work on the production a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um from from sort of early on, actually, it didn't it didn't really occur to me that when I'd listen to so when people send you stuff and you listen to it and you go yeah that sounds that sounds really really good you you never when I when you first start on the label you never think oh that's really good but what about this you know you just go oh yeah that's really good like send it over and uh, all of the artists when they send stuff over you know to to kind of get near that release they all want to know what you think of it and they all want the approval of the label and that's quite that's quite nice you know some of the stuff that you can you can give them back you know the feedback that you can give them can really help to improve uh improve the the whole the whole concept of the music or what the music's about it's interesting as well that some some of the artists they'll send stuff over and go would you would you mind actually trying to give this a mix for me like i've tried mixing it and it it, it just doesn't work um you know and if you've got if you're able to do that, which which I've got experience of doing that, yeah, of course I can. I can at least give it a try, or or you know, tweak this part. What do you think about this? This is what I've done. How do you think it sounds now? Is it better? Has that improved it? Um, same for mastering as well. Um, again, some of the uh, releases that we've done, we've mastered them ourselves as well, and uh, and just, it's that it's such a unique collaboration that you know the the artist really wants this piece of music that they've worked really hard on to be perfect. Um, you know, and then you feel that same level of dedication because you're releasing it on their behalf. So you want it to be as perfect as well. But yeah, and, and we know as artists, you know, you want you want someone else to listen to it who's going to appreciate it for what it is, but also tell you honestly, well, you know, what does it sound like? Is there something that, that can be improved on? So that's that's definitely a, a really, really good point. Yeah, that's definitely what labels should be doing. If they're not doing that, then they should be. I mean, I don't know whether this is uh, worthwhile adding in, but uh, but one thing I will I will say just just for anyone who's out there looking for a label, there's a couple of little nitpicks that I have. So I've had a couple of these where people contact me and they'll say, um, "I've just released this album. It's great. Will you think about signing me to your label?" And I go, "Well, what what's the point? You've already released the the music, so there's nothing that I can do to help you here. There's nothing I can really do to support you. If you're looking for someone to promote it." that you really need to go find a promoter to do that. The other thing that I also get is uh, people email me and they say, um, uh, hi, here's, you know, this is my band name and uh, here's my music. And that is the end of the conversation. So they'll send me who they'll send me the band name. They'll send me a link to their music, but they don't tell me what they want me to do with it. So they don't say, we're really looking for a label, like we'd like someone to come support us, or uh, you know, we're looking for someone to help with distribution, or um, because I, I I I've started writing reviews, but again, time restraints. They don't say, oh, you know, actually, this is a piece for for reviewing. One of the other things I find very very frustrating is um, people don't know how to use or create their own press release kits. Um, so a lot of times, people will send me a very sort of basic email with a link on it that has no sort of correlation to anything. And I don't know where to go to find more information about them. I don't know where to go to find if they already have people interested in their music, uh, you know, if they're doing gigs or if they're, uh, you know, they've got other music out there. 
there are some great platforms out there for looking at uh, for writing your own press release kits. Look at other people's press release kits if you're able to get hold of them. Mailchimp's quite a good one uh, uh, to, to to use for that. Um, but yeah, think about if you you know if you're you're trying to make an impression to a label and you want a label to have the same respect for you and they you want that label to come and help support you, then essentially a little bit do your homework a little bit. I've had I had one artist as well. We previously said that they you know we really want your help. Uh, releasing music okay well this is what we do this is the package we're going to put forward and uh and they said oh well we're, we're not too worried about that we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and release it digitally and then we'll do all the other bits afterwards and we're sort of saying well that's not that's Great not quite together. how it works you know work, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah exactly we want to we want to schedule it this is how we want to do it we want to give ourselves the time to make sure that people are aware of it before it gets released and then move it forward think about your planning think about your scheduling think about how you going to get people interested in what it is that you want to create and what you want people to sort of get from your release and get from your music um and, and labels labels if they know what they're doing which most of them by now do will really be able to help you with that so what do you look for when you get a press kit so what we're really looking for in a press kit is is some element of um professionalism within that so we want a half decent photo of uh, the artist or, or the band we want some links to where we can find some more information about them. Um, so links to their social media platforms, links to their music. Um, if they've got some music that's already already been released, then obviously like Spotify links or Bandcamp links or that kind of thing would be useful. If they've got music that they're preparing to release but isn't quite out there, then maybe something like SoundCloud. Um, but 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 it, it needs to look half professional. You know, there's there's platforms like Mailchimp that can help you, uh, Canvas that can help you to create create half decent press kits. Um, but it just needs to have that element of a little bit of pro- professionalism there. Um, you know, if you're sending us uh, sending us an email that just literally has a tagline of "this is your band and this is your music," that doesn't quite work for us. You know, you need to be telling us about what direction you want or what you want from the label that you you know you're trying to work with. So yeah, so y- y- your press kit needs to be half professional. If you don't know how to start writing one. Go and look on the internet. There are loads out there, and uh, you can get some ideas and think about what else you can put in there to uh, to to grab the label's attention. You know, imagine that we receive hundreds of emails a week, if not thousands a week, with people sending us stuff. Um, if yours doesn't look professional, it, it generally, you know, we're not going to look at it. We're not going to give it the time of day that it deserves. That's very fair. So, on that note, Adam, if an artist wants to find you to submit their music to you or whatever, where can they find you? So the best place to find us really is uh, on Twitter. Um, we've got our email address on there. You can direct messages. Um, our email address, badbackrecords at gmail.com, is out on loads of different platforms as well. We are on Instagram. We're on Facebook, so you can send us messages via those. We're on SoundCloud. Um, we, you can check out links um, to the music on Bandcamp. Um, all of the social media platforms will direct you to where the music is, the, You know, our, mainly our Bandcamp page that we use. Um, so they're the best places to, to to grab us, and you know we try to reply to all of the messages that get sent to us uh, as best we can. Excellent. Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming and sitting down with us. It's been real fun talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, it's been been great. Thanks, guys. Adam, I appreciate you coming on. You may have changed my mind about labels a little bit because I've and I've always wondered in 2020 what's the point of getting a label you can do the distribution you can do the promo but there's certain things that you mentioned that i never thought about and it's definitely opened my eyes a little bit to why someone may want to sign with a label still well thanks very much for having us i re- you know i really really appreciate it um you know it's it's 
it's nice that people give recognition to the labels, you know, because we work we work just as hard sometimes as the artist does. Um, so I really appreciate um, you guys inviting us on, and uh, it's been great to talk about what we do. And uh, if you if you are interested, um, you know, in hearing more about what we do, then then check us out. Um, search for some Bad Bat Records, and uh, all of our all of our various links will come up. But you can find our music on um, badbatrecords.bandcamp.com. What an eye-opening conversation with Adam about the importance of a label in 2020. I completely agree. Sitting there, just went in with all my skepticism. Yeah, we had our biases, right? Yeah, completely. I mean, no shame in it. I, I completely uh, had my biases towards not being part of a label, but he has given some very, very convincing arguments as to what the point of a label is in 2020. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of these long-form talks is that, you know, we went in there with the idea of like, what really is a label going to do that you can't do on your own? And he told us uh, pretty concisely, you know, they add that extra set of ears. They can help do the promotion. They can do physical. That's a big thing. Oh. And it's it's nice. It's also like you say, it's just, someone's got your back. Someone who's there, who's objective and is there to help you. And I, yeah, increasingly feel that there is a place for them to be. Interesting about the analytics as well. Yeah. I didn't realize that they get more set of analytics through things like Spotify and things like that. So, I mean, that is in, that's incredibly useful to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's like, I think the, uh, the Bandcamp label page gives more information too, but I think it's 20 a month or something. So, you know, there's cost factors and that, but that's the nice thing. If you join a label, they're covering that cost factor. Well, we have to see. We have to see where we can go. But it gives me hope for the future, especially with what things we've got in the pipeline coming through. It gives me a lot of hope for where we're going to go, that kind of thing. Yeah. And on that note, we will wrap it up there. That brings Rotation 2's guests to a close. So we will be back next week with our roundup. But if you want to catch us in the meantime, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Audionautic Sounds and Audionautic, respectively. Thanks for joining us. We'll have new episodes every Wednesday at 3 p.m. UTC. 